We've got uh, another matter of business for the service tonight. Do you think you can, uh, you got time for it? Um, we've been uh, on, on our verse there in Matthew 11 all week about what Jesus said. Uh, come and learn about me, he said. He said, I, I am meek and lowly of heart, and you'll find rest to your soul. And um, we had said, you know, that uh, the Father said he, he was well pleased with Jesus even before his ministry. And what was it that he was pleased about? And when the Lord said, come learn who I am and what I am of all the things he could have mentioned, he mentions meekness and humility. Look, if you would, in, um, we were there in Matthew 11, but over in, let's see, it's the fourth chapter of Matthew, Matthew 4. I had the privilege a few weeks ago, Phyllis and I did, of going over to uh, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland's 86th birthday celebration. <laughs> it was a great honor for us. Uh, Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria, said they're watching. Yeah, in Eagle Mountain, their church and ministry, said they wanted to let us know that they were sowing 300,000 into the uh, Living Word uh, Plain Project. I think that's, that's a million. Now, is that right? We were at 700-something thousand, so that's, that's, that's over a million now. That, that's a third of what we claimed on uh, Monday night. Uh, sir and ma'am, Brother Kenneth, Miss Gloria, we are, uh, uh, huh? And, and yeah, George and, and Terry, and we're so thankful. Uh, uh, Brother Mac, Miss Lynn's praising God up here on, <laughs> on the front row. And we, we love you. We thank you. And um, how many believe that seed is good seed and good ground? And it's coming back to them because, man, they have got so much going on in their ministry. And how many believe their next phase of ministry and development, that's going to come in strong, multiplied, harvest. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. We love you so much. And we're going to be talking about you a little bit tonight. I hope that's okay. <clears throat> but we had the privilege of being at his 86th um, birthday uh, party there on the campus, the, their ministry. Um, and the Lord ministered something strong to me. And we talked about it a little bit. And I think it's it, it, uh, something we should touch on tonight. Um, in Matthew 4, you got time yeah. for it? Matthew 4, verse 18, uh, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. And saw two brethren, uh, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net. And see, they were fishers. And he said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. I, I read that and saw something I'd never seen before. 
that their choice to submit to him and obey him resulted in their being made into something else. Follow me. Is that that what he said? Follow me and what's going to happen? I'm going to make you something. (laughs) Hallelujah. Follow me and I will make you. Mark's account says it like this. I will make you to become. And that's what that word means is to to become. It's following results in forming. A change. It matters who you're with, who you're around, who you listen to, hmm? who you participate with. Oh, does it matter more than you're consciously aware of. You remember the scripture talked about uh, he that walks with wise men would what? You'll be wise. You'll become something. But a companion of fools, hang out with fools, you get fool stuff. You get what happens to fools. Hang out with wise people, next thing you know, people say, when did you get so smart? (laughs) What? What what you been doing? Who you associate with, who you follow, it's hard to overemphasize the impact and effect. Um, You know, Paul said this, you find it half a dozen times in the epistles. He said, be followers of me as I follow Christ. Be followers, followers together with me, he said in Philippians. And I like this, in Philippians 4.9, he said, The things that you learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace, that's the word for prosperity. Some translations render it that way. The God of prosperity will be with you. If you do what? What you learned from me, what you received from me, what you heard out of me, what you saw in me, and what you decided to do. You did that. There's going to be change. There's going to be results. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, something that's, well... Have to watch better. I'll, I'll branch off into something else. But um, we see throughout the scriptures these connections: Abraham and Lot, Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Timothy. Jesus and the Twelve. In fact, in Acts, it would be good to turn to that. Acts 4, I believe it is. It 
it talks about miracles that begin to happen and why they were happening. When they saw the things that the disciples were ministering, they said they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Why? Because this telling the lame man at the gate called beautiful and saying, uh, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk and take him by. That sounds exactly like something Jesus would do. That he did. It looks exactly like something that Jesus did. You know why? Because that's what he did. And he continued to do it through them. But they said the connection was even people that might not have even believed in Jesus. They realized it's because they've been with him. Now they are doing the same things that he did. Because they had been with him. That exact language is used concerning Abraham and Lot. The phrase is, Lot went with Abram. He went with him. For, uh, skip the other for time's sake. I'm, what I'm doing is trying to shorten this some. Are you believing with me? Are you? Go to Genesis. <laughs> Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your kinfolks, from your father's house to a land I'll show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, and you will all families of the earth be blessed. And Lot's name is not in there anywhere. <laughs> this was the blessing on Abraham and his seed. But look at the very next verse. Abram departed as the Lord spoke to him and Lot went with him. Now, chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, Genesis 13, 5 and 6, Lot also says it again. What? Lot did what? Went Went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land wasn't able to bear them. Their substance was so great. Does God want you to have some stuff? Who gave... Abram and Lot, too many cows. Huh? I, I thought about this some years ago. I thought, now, you know, doesn't God know, like in filling the cup, when the last molecule is in there and it couldn't hold any more? And yet, what does he do? He keeps pouring it. And it spills over the side. And you go, God, it's spilling. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> God, it's running off on the table. He says, yeah, ain't it great? <laughs> yeah. This is him. Yeah. He's the God of overflow. He's the God. And people are so concerned about excess, surplus, 
when that is always God's will is never just enough, but more more than enough. And they had so many cows and so many goats and so many sheep and so many camels, the land couldn't hold them. Now, here's the thing. Abram had cows and sheep and goats and camels. Lot had nothing until after years of being with Abram, Lot's got cows. Lot's got camels. Donkeys, sheep, goats. Why? Because he went with him. Two great ministries, I know a lot of you have the same testimony, that have changed Phyllis in my life so much. Is Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, the Ramo, and Brother Kenneth Copeland's ministry. When we came, Phyllis and I, in, uh, oh, it was the early 70s when we first started getting a hold of the faith message. But we, by the grace of God, wound up at Ramah under Brother Hagin's ministry. And we had no knowledge of uh, faith or ministering healing or anointing or being led by the Spirit. But Brother Hagin did. Brother Hagin got straight from the head of the church. Revelation about being led by the Spirit. About the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. Huh? About the anointing. About faith. Faith. Oh, glory to God. Faith. We never taught on faith. We never heard anything about it. But after years of going with them... Oh, y'all going to help me with this or not? After years of being around them and going with them, now we preach on faith. Is that right? We're led by the Spirit. We have manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Can you see this? We'll forever be thankful for it. And uh, also our association with Brother Kenneth Copeland, Miss Glorian, and their ministry. When we first started associating with her, they were so gracious to us. Oh, dear me. We were so green. <laughs> Put us on their broadcast. Looking back now, you go, whoa, really? <laughs> were we ready for that? But he did. And when we first started associating with them, I don't know if we could have spelled airplane. <laughs> Didn't know anybody that knew anything about airplanes. Had no idea about TV or Internet or a lot of the publishing things. But we hung around. Amen. I said we hung around. Yes. We went with them. Yes. Went to the meetings. Yes. Part of the Amen Corner. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Sold offerings. Yes. I'm not talking about one time. 
I'm talking about, I'm not talking about once in five years. I'm talking about every year, every. Huh? I mean, at one point, Brother Kenneth said, uh, well, I was out there to minister doing something. He said, get, go to the hangar. Get up in my airplane. No, I'll sit in the left seat. That's the captain's seat. Sit in that seat and make airplane noises. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? See, friend, God has ordained that we get vision and inspiration and revelation and even anointing through our connection with God-ordained joinings. And so I did. Got up in there. Got a hold of the yoke. <laughs> Decades later, we have studios. Kenneth Copeland had studios. Now we got studios. They're on TV. We're on TV. They're on the internet. We're on the internet. They got aircraft. We got aircraft. How did it happen? Not, not by accident. Not just by osmosis. But by a submission and reception of the message and the ministry and the anointing. It doesn't come just by being in the same proximity. When the scripture said, God said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that what? He may exalt you. He, he, is he opposed to lifting you up and adding to you and advancing you? No, he's just opposed to you doing it yourself. But in talking about that, he said, God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Pride is not a receiver. Pride is a taker. Humility is a receiver. And God gives grace to the humble. There's no need in giving something when there's no reception. There's no need giving to pride. It's not a receiver. It thinks things are owed to it. That it deserves, it demands, it takes. That's why it doesn't work. If you think you want something that somebody has in your life that they have, and you come and and you just try to demand and you try to take it, and you don't really care about them, you're just out to see what you can get, you'll get nothing. Not spiritually. That's not how it works. That's not a receiving heart. That's not a receiving mode. But when you humble yourself, huh? you want to help them. Is that right? Then it puts you in a mode of reception. Hallelujah. And then just being around anointings and ministry, things are getting in you that you don't even know are getting in you. And he is making you something. As you follow him, you are changing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're changing. I know this bears witness with your spirit. I can see your response. 
Which is why we talked about this earlier in the offering. Why the enemy fights so hard to create strife. Especially between you and the people he joins you to. And man, if you're going to stay hooked long enough to be the blessing to them that you should be. And to receive everything you should be. You're going to have to overcome some things. Because the enemy will definitely try to get you to be offended about something, hurt about something, get bitter about something. And the intent is that you sever the connection. You sever the connection and leave because now the formative work that God had started will stop. And that is why there are so many disappointed, discouraged, unhappy Christians. God put them in a place. And they were beginning to grow and thrive and change. And something rubbed them the wrong way and they left. Jumped out. They imagine they can just go anywhere they want, do anything they want. Well, that's like you don't have a Lord. You're your own Lord. There's a plan. Now remember earlier in the week we talked about submission. Right? And about how that involves yielding your will to a different will. And how that's not easy. It even involves some suffering. Oh, but it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed if you stay hooked, if you stay put. I was thinking about it today and at my desk and just shouting and praising God. I mean, when Phyllis and I first started out, what, 45 years ago or whatever, we knew nothing about faith, nothing about being led by the Spirit, nothing about prosperity and abundance, nothing We couldn't have even conceived or imagined some of the things that God wanted to do. We wouldn't have been able to hear it or even think it was real. But through Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Hallelujah. Through Rhema. Through that family. Through Brother Copeland. Through their family. Through that ministry. Not that it's done. It's continuing to just... Huh? No, after what we've seen, we ain't going anywhere. Are you kidding me? After what we've seen, where God brought us from, Mm. we ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Now, go... Go to Second Kings if you would. And without Second Kings, the second chapter. It would be nice if that was the end of the story about Abraham and Lot. But you know it's not. Lot's story ended horribly. Didn't it? Horribly. He was a wealthy man. He was a he, he and his wife and his family, they were rich. But when the issue came up about 
too many cows for the grazing land. Abram, his elder, came to him. How many know it's the younger that's supposed to go to the elder? Not, not the other way around. But this just tells you what kind of man Abraham is. He went to his nephew, the younger, who wouldn't have a cow. Not a single cow. How, how'd Lot get started? Abraham let him in, in on his business deals. Gave him some starter stock. Let him watch him when he bought and when he sold. Is that right? Everything he knew, he learned from him. What he didn't realize is it wasn't just business. There's a blessing on Abraham. There's anointing on him and protection that he got so used to, he took for granted. Abraham said, we can't have this strife. We're brethren and we cannot have this. So you just tell me which way you want to go and I'll, I'll get out of your way. I'll go the other way. How many understand it is time for a cow sale? I'm t- are y'all listening or not? It is time. Huh? If you thought right, what would you say? No, sir. No, sir. I'm not being separated from you over a few cows. No, sir. You tell me what you want to do. Because wherever you going, I'm going. Now, now we all know sitting here in air-conditioned comfort that that's what you're supposed to say. But human flesh and selfishness. And you got to watch it when you get a little prosperity. You get to thinking, well, I don't need them anymore. We got our own thing. Oh, yeah, you know, we got a strong following of our own. And it can go away like that. <laughs> Don't be a fool. There's a saying down in Texas. You dance with the one that brung you. What does that mean? You don't have somebody else bring you to the dance and party, and then you start looking for a better deal. That means you're a person of low character. <laughs> you, you stay with the people that God used to get you where you are. Amen. Right? <clears throat> There's a lot you could say. But Lot said, yeah, I want the best water land. And he took it. And Abraham, Abraham said, fine. Okay, I'll go the other way. Next thing you know, Lot's uh, pitching his tent toward Sodom. Watching and hearing them all the time. Next thing you know, he's in Sodom. Next thing you know, he's an elder of Sodom at the gate. 
And when judgment came on Sodom and Gomorrah, it was only the mercy of God because of Abraham's intercession. Is that right? That they weren't just immediately wise. See, he didn't, under, he didn't know that he was enjoying the protection that was on Abraham just by being with him. And when he left Abraham, he left his prosperity. He left his protection. He didn't realize it because sometimes it can take a few years for it to, you know, for you to see what happened. And here's the thing. It was not the destruction of Sodom that destroyed his family and his wealth and ultimately him. It was his separation from Abraham that destroyed him. Because if he had stayed with Abraham, they'd have never wound up in Sodom. Because Abraham ain't going to Sodom. (laughs) There are people God has joined us to. It was by their mouth we heard the gospel. It was by their mouth, by their ministry. We heard the word of truth that saved us and changed us and helped us. You never unhook from that. Ever. Ever. Never. In fact, I expect past this life, those you were hooked to here, you'll still be hooked to. Because if God did it, what he does is forever. And his intent is that things are flowing both ways. You help them. You strengthen them. You do what you know to support them. And at the same time, he's making you into something. Hallelujah. He's bringing you up beyond what you thought you would ever arise to. And next thing you know, they got anointing. You got some anointing. Would you look at that? Revelate, you got some revelation. They got some resources. You got some resources. They got some buildings and stuff. You got some buildings and stuff. And if you got any smarts, you will say, What God has joined together, I ain't gonna let anybody separate me. Second Kings, did you find it? Second Kings 2 is the account of Elijah and Elisha. No question, these are men of God. No question, they're genuine prophets, called of God, anointed. Foremost in that office in their generation. No question. But notice how it worked. You remember God told Elijah to go uh, throw that cloak over Elisha while he was out in the field. And he knew what that meant. The cloak represented anointing. And so he, he liquidated and went with Elijah. And at the end of years of this, 
And Elisha's doing what we'd call menial things. Getting water. Cutting wood. Doing the wash. Sweeping the floor. Yeah. Did you know that's ministry? Yes, it is. Do not minimize the ministry of helps. It's mentioned right along. With all the other ministries, it's a call of God. And it's an anointing. Years ago, I was speaking to the church, and I came in the back, and and they were getting ready to hand me the mic. And there's this young man over there, and he's smiling, looking at me, smiling, and didn't say anything. After the service, he's there again, and he's smiling again. I thought he had just a great smile. I said, hey, brother, how's it going? He said, "Uh, have you been to the bathroom yet? No. Well, yeah, I did. I said, yeah, yeah. I was in there uh, right after the service. He said, was it okay? I said, it was great. He said, that's my responsibility. He said, it was pretty clean, wasn't it? I said, it was spotless. It was very clean. (laughs) Is that important or is that important? But the great thing is that he knew it was important. That's the big thing. He knew. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I know we were able, uh, you know, with the crusade team with Brother Hagin, we were someplace meeting, and I happened to be standing by the side, and Brother Hagin's getting ready to go, and I was holding, for some reason, I was holding his coat and his, and his briefcase, and they're getting ready to go. And the Lord said to me, he said, if I come tomorrow, this is the most important thing you'll ever do. I thought, yeah, and I am happy to do it. I am glad to be right here. Why? Because there was a powerful service that night. And there were words of God and healings and that kind of thing. And even if I'm a small part, I'm a part. Is that right? And didn't realize it. But like what we're talking tonight, it was getting in me. Faith was getting in me. Utterance was getting in me. Anointing was coming on me. And not just me, but thousands and thousands of those that have partook of that. That connection. In, at the end of this Elijah's time in ministry, verse 2, 2 Kings 2, 2, it came to pass when the Lord had taken up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. Read that next phrase with me. Help me out. 2 Kings 2, 2. What happened? Elijah Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal, which means Elisha was with Elijah. And uh, verse 4, Elijah said, stay here, I tarry, for the Lord sent me to Jericho. Now you'll get even more out of this tonight after what we've been talking about. And what did Elisha say? I will not. I will not. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I no no sir. Now now you gotta understand Elijah did not command him to stay. That'd have been a different thing. This would have been then disobedience. He said, I pray thee. He he's asking him. And he's letting him know you don't have to go. I'm gonna go on. You you just stay here. And rest. And he said, no, no, sir, no, no, 
as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Now, this is not an accident that this is worded this way. Say it out loud. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. That means it is your choice. You can leave anytime you want to. You can leave a church. You can leave a ministry. You can leave a marriage. Huh? You, you can leave God. You're a fool if you do. But you can. But tell me your answer. Tell me your answer. <laughs> I will not leave. What God has joined together. I'm not going to be the one to separate it. And if I won't, nobody else can. As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave. So they came to Jericho. Verse 6, you know, it happened again. He said, I pray thee. Do you hear the language? That's, that's not a command. Why don't you? We might say, the Lord sent me on to Jordan. You know, we already traveled a lot today. Uh, you, you can just stay here. Help me out. As the Lord lives, I will not leave you. And they too went on together. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I mean, almost every time we talk about it, we think about Elijah. Almost, what do we say after that? And Elijah? Yeah. Huh? Yes. Elijah and Elisha? Paul, Timothy? Huh? Moses? Joshua? You and your leaders? Hallelujah. Them and their leaders? You know, when all of the elders that are over you are in heaven, you're the elder now? (laughs) Hmm? And we are at, you're always at a transition of generations. People moving out. Others coming up. And there needs to be those who will take the lead. Take responsibility. Hmm? It's easy to be lazy. Leave it to somebody else. But especially when the people that have been over you for years and years, they're no longer on the earth. Guess what? Now folks are looking to you. Is that right? To lead. And what do you need to say? You need to say, yes, Lord. Take the oversight thereof willingly. The scripture said, not of constraint, not for pay by questionable means, but with a willing heart. You'll be glad you did. Life will soon be over and the reward will be great when you do. It says, uh, verse 9, when they were going over, Elijah said to Elisha, uh, Ask what I will do for you before I'm taken away from you. He knew he wanted something. They're prophets. you got to remember. They, you remember when they got to uh, some of the places and the folks would say, Hey, hey, do you know that your master's going? Today? He said, Yeah, I know it. Shh, be quiet. They're prophets. They pick up on a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so... Elijah says to Elisha, they're getting close to him going, he says, you want something, don't you? Just ask what you want. And read the rest of this. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit to be upon me. 
He said, you've asked a hard thing. This is not a little thing. It's a big thing you just asked. Bigger than he realized. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, what does that mean? He's got to be there. How many things people miss because they weren't there? Have you ever noticed the Lord deals with you about doing something, being a part of something or a meeting or a, whatever it may be? I mean, next thing you know, there's 20 emergencies that he tries to throw on you. You know, all kind of reasons why you can't go. There's reasons spiritually. He does not want you with the people at the place and time that you're supposed to be. And here's the problem. You don't know what you missed. When you missed it, you just know, I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. I feel like I could be more excited about stuff. Yeah. Just feel like there's more. You know why? Because there's more. And you know the story. He did not let him out of his sight. He was right there. Did you hear this phrase? All the way to the end. He didn't let anything separate. And man, when the chariot came down and the fire of it went up, he's standing there going, whoa. And here comes this mantle wafting down, which is representative. You don't need your anointings for service down here when you leave. That, that's, that came down. And he picks it up. He's back to the river. Where's the God of Elijah? And he laid it down an old brother. Power. Manifested. Elijah used to do things like that. Help me out. Now Elisha. Now Elisha. Huh? Just a few years ago, Elisha wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a powerful man of God. He was trailing along behind some smelly oxen. In the heat. Breaking up clods. Then for years, he's cutting wood. Hauling water. Sweeping floors. Ironing clothes, whatever. Huh? And Elijah was the one they came to see. Right? Elijah was the one the king wanted to talk to and the representative. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. And what had happened in his life then came to pass in his own life. It was the call of God. But he had to stay hooked. Can you see this? It didn't all happen in a day or two. Or a week or two. Or a year or two. He said out loud. He had to. Stay hooked. Why was Lot destroyed? Didn't stay hooked. Didn't stay hooked. Don't, don't, don't say. Oh yeah. No problem with me. I'm going to stay hooked. No. The devil will fight you on this. 
He will lie to you. He'll try to trick you. He'll try to, he'll come in the back door. Do everything he can to sever you from people you're supposed to be hooked with. And what do you need to say? You got it. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. You got to say it when you feel like leaving. (laughs) You got to say it when you feel like leaving. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise God. We have our uh, uh, FLI uh, applicants here tonight and uh, we're going to minister to them and lay hands on them at this time. And, and what we're doing is we're acknowledging their call and anointing. And they, as the act of this, they're saying, we, we submit to your oversight. And so uh, none of us uh, would know what to do in any of these things except by the Spirit of God. But he does use people. And alone, if you fall... The scripture said you're in trouble. Right? But with us together. And man, we've seen this over and over again that in times of attack and trial and, and stress and duress, it is so wonderful to have faith buddies that gather around you, join their faith with yours, and friend, you can come out of anything. You can overcome anything. So, uh, Phyllis, would you come, please? And-